more. Not so long ago, someone shared the secret to happiness and joy with me. And I want to pass it on to you on Illuminated Soul. Are you ready? You remember when we were kids in grade school, how exciting it was to hear a secret or better yet, you intercepted one that was on a crumpled up piece of paper. <laughs> so here you go. But be be on the alert here. Be warned. When I first heard the secret, I was so excited. And then it was shared with me. And I was like, is that it? That's the secret? But it's, it's so profound, just like a seed. A seed is very simple. It's kind of unassuming. You know, well, here's, you know, I was looking, true story, just the other day, when my wife and I ordered carrot seeds. Have you ever seen a carrot seed? It's like the size of a pinhead. It's the small, it's like, that's a carrot seed? And one carrot will come out. Of, it looked completely boring. It's like, you got to be kidding me. Yet something as exciting as a carrot was packed in there, you know? <laughs> and that's what this secret is like. So just hold on to it, cultivate it when it's in, in proper soil, mm, it's going to bear a lot of fruit. The secret's this. Here's the secret to your happiness and joy. Your happiness will not come to you. It can only come from you. That's from Ralph Marston, who goes on to say, Happiness is a choice, not a result. Nothing will make you happy until you choose to be happy. No person will make you happy unless you decide to be happy. And if I'm honest... I hate hearing that. I don't like that happiness is a choice. I want it to come to me like breakfast in bed without any effort of my own. You know, I'm just lying there smelling that bacon, baby, you know? Ugh. But I've never had breakfast in bed. Seriously, I never I, I've always had to get up and make it. And guess what? This is interesting. It's always there. Every time I choose to make breakfast, it's there. I don't know how it works. But when I decide to make breakfast, it's there. <laughs> it's amazing. Could that be the same for happiness and joy? Every time we choose to, to, you know, quote unquote, make it, it's there. Proverbs 15, 15, the Passion Translation reads, Everything seems to go wrong when you feel weak and depressed. But when you choose to be cheerful, every day will bring you more and more joy and fullness. And I'll be the first one to say, speaking from experience, 10 years of clinical depression, crippling anxiety, mood disorder. If you were to tell me to choose to be happy, oom, I would have a unique emotional sensation and reaction for you, <laughs> right? Because it's hard. I'm not saying it's easy. It's hard to choose, especially when you feel weak and depressed and anxious and scared, and unsafe. But we can do it if we understand what it is and where it comes from. And happiness and joy share a lot of similarities, but they're, they're also uh, different. Some say that happiness is dependent on external circumstances and joy is an inside job. It comes within and can be present regardless the circumstance. Now, we're not going to get hung up on all the differences of happiness and joy. We're just going to combine them both because I find it interesting that Jesus does that. He, he partners them together in Matthew 5, 11, 12, saying, Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets before you. Now, if you heard that, maybe you're wondering, well, I didn't hear the word happy. Well, you did. You just heard it as blessed. Blessed actually means happy. And rejoice means cheerful or calmly happy. So Jesus clearly is associating and tying in together happiness and joy. And he's also revealing in that passage the reality that happiness and joy are the products of choice. It's a mindset. I know. 
choosing a different perspective. It's the fruit of a properly directed and intentionally focused mind. And in that text I just read, basically about those who are being persecuted, and I know <laughs> that's a heavy text, right? But if you can take it and think what, whatever trial, whatever, uh, whatever challenge, whatever pain, emotional pain, physical pain, whatever you're experiencing, but in that context, Jesus is telling them that they are blessed and happy. Rejoice and be glad. And then he gives them the reason why. He says, because great is your reward in heaven. Well, what is he doing there? He's redirecting their minds to a heavenly perspective. Happiness and joy can be chosen in the midst of painful circumstances because we know that this is not all there is and that something beautiful is being created and something beautiful is on the way in fullness. And Peter shares the same understanding in 1 Peter 4, 12 and uh, 13. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial that has come upon you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice that you share in the sufferings of Christ. Wow. Then he goes on, so that you may be overjoyed at the revelation of his glory. The footnote reads, Uh, that the Greek verb tenses there are present and or future. There is glory unveiled in us as we focus on Christ in our difficulties here and now. This brings immediate joy and rejoicing when we pass through suffering. And then the greatest joy will be as we are free from mortal pain and see the revelation of his glory throughout eternity. We're in the meanwhile, the now and the not yet. And then, so that's Peter chiming in on that idea. And And then you have James who tells us, To consider it all joy when we encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. So here we can choose joy, knowing that something wonderful is being produced for us in our pain. So you have Jesus and Peter offering us the eternal perspective, and then James saying, and then also know this, something's being produced. This is good. And notice, it's interesting, this joy is attached to endurance. Happiness is not. Joy is Joy helps us endure. It's fruit of the Spirit. Joy is a completely Jesus thing. You know what I'm saying? It's it's part of his very Spirit. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, Psalm 32, 11. Joy can manifest as happiness, but also as strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength, Nehemiah 8, 10. And of course, it can manifest in numerous ways. Joy can be, it can look like bliss, wonder, satisfaction, solace, contentment, peace. Dr. Robert Holden reveals five commonly felt qualities of joy. Number one, joy is constant. And why not? As I said earlier, it's fruit of the Spirit, right? And that Spirit is always in you. So if the Spirit of Christ, the living God, is in you, guess what? All of the fruit of the Spirit is packed in you all the time, (laughs) whether we feel it or not. So it's constant. I love that. Happiness, you know, sometimes isn't all that constant, right? Uh, What else? Joy inspires creativity. We read in Proverbs 8, 30 and 31, it's talking about wisdom being at the beginning of creation, helping create. It's really Jesus, who is the wisdom of God. And it reads, then I was a skilled craftsman at his side and his delight day by day, rejoicing always in his presence. I was rejoicing in his whole world, delighting together in the sons of men. Oh my goodness. Look at all that joy and rejoicing. You do a word study. There's also laughter and dancing involved in that. So joy inspires creativity. There's a lot of joy at the beginning of creation of everything. Dr. Robert Holden goes on to reveal joy is often unreasonable. (laughs) We've already talked about that. Look at Jesus, Peter, and James. They tie in a lot of joy in the midst of 
affliction, persecution, and trial. That seems so unreasonable, but there it is. Joy is untroubled, and joy is enough. Dr. Holden states that unlike the ephemeral states of pleasure and satisfaction, joy does not induce a craving for more because joy is enough. If ever we feel joy is missing, it is because we are absent-minded, caught up, probably in some grief over a passing pleasure or preoccupied with a new object of desire. Remember what I said in the beginning from Ralph Marston, happiness is a choice, not a result. Nothing will make you happy until you choose to be happy. No person will make you happy unless you decide to be happy. Your happiness will not come to you. It can only come from you. Well, Paul tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16-18 to rejoice always. Pray constantly, give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And he wrote something very similar to the Philippians, telling them to rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. So that gets me thinking. What do I think I need to rejoice in? What do you think you need to rejoice in? What do I need to be in to rejoice? What do I need to be in to be in joy? Paul said, rejoice in the Lord always. But I can tell you that there are parts of me that would prefer to say, rejoice in your perfect circumstances always, or rejoice in your pain-free moments always, or rejoice when everyone speaks well of you and thinks you're all that and a bag of chips always, or rejoice when you only get good feedback always, (laughs) and I could go on and on and on. What do you think you need to be in to have joy? For Paul and the persecuted church, it was the Lord Jesus. And the same goes for any son and daughter of God. Rejoice in the Lord always. Now, there are plenty of articles online that offer tons of tips of how to be intentional about joy. I'll let you do that search on your own. I went through them all, and what I noticed about all of them was this. It begins with focus, which is the choice that precedes choice, (laughs) right? Focus is the choice that precedes choice. What has your focus has you. What you pay attention to pays it right back to you. If you're wondering, like I did so often during my clinical depression years, where is the joy? Where is the joy? A follow-up question is, where is your focus? We read in Colossians 3.2, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Uh, other translations put it in so many beautiful ways, like keep focused habitually on things above, the heavenly things. Be thinking things above. Set your affections on the things which are above. Give your heart to the heavenly things. Let heaven fill your thoughts. And one more, feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not with the distractions of the natural realm. Wow. That's a discipline, right? That's a practice. That's that's all choice. And I'll end with this. For me, the greatest source of joy is revealed in John 15, 9 through 11, the words of Jesus. He said, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in his love. And then he finishes with this, I have told you these things so that my joy may be in you and your joy 
may be complete. <laughs> I'd love that. <laughs> Think of any moment when you really recall afresh. You remember, you meditate on the ridiculous love God has for you. And oh, the joy, the strength, the peace. Oh, you do love me. It's amazing. And Jesus intentionally told us these things so that his joy may be in you and me and our joy may be complete. What does that say? Our joy can only be completed in him with his joy, his spirit. Souls who are capable of love are also capable of immense happiness and joy. I found this quote online. Don't know who said it. It went on to, to read, joy is the path that leads to both love and happiness. I'll say that again. Joy is the path that leads to both love and happiness. Once we devote ourselves to cultivating joy, we discover that we are surrounded by love. So let's choose it. Let's choose to cultivate joy just like I did that little carrot seed, <laughs> which you could barely see. But hey, one day you're going to hear me munching on it, on Illuminated Soul. <laughs> All right. I sure do love you. Thanks for letting me hang out with you. And um, don't forget about the free Access More app. Let your friends know about Illuminated Soul as people are trying their best to navigate the world we live in. And they're after mental, emotional, and spiritual health and well-being. This just might be a free, easy tool for them to help them on their journey, as I hope it has helped you on your journey. All right? God bless you.